So Amazon's actually given us a ton of new tools to touch customers at each phases. So a couple of tools you can leverage that aren't advertising related, that are free in your platform is the brand tailored promotions, our ability to target lookalike audiences and customers have shown intent and high valued customers. So that'll get us a little more mid funnel, the ability to build affinity audiences, driving traffic. What is it? Manage your customer experience is our ability to do email marketing. So that's going to prove your retention and your lifetime value for the brands for yourself on the marketplace. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SyncSpider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Ops podcast. And today I'm talking to Will, who is the co-founder of Bellbix, which is a full-service marketplace marketing agency for D2C retail brands that want to aggressively grow sales and the world's largest marketplaces as on Amazon or Walmart. And Will has been working with e-commerce businesses for over 10, re 10 years now, right, Will? That is correct. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, cool. Strategic planning, implementation, tactical execution, marketing strategies, products across Amazon, all the business segments. Will, thank you so much for joining the show and please introduce yourself. Beautiful. You know what, Norbert, I don't think I could top that. That was a fantastic introduction and I'm excited to be here. I have lots of experience specifically on Amazon and Walmart, a lot around advertising and operations. And I know This is the podcast where we talk a little bit about strategy and tactics and what your listeners can do to help uh, improve their e-commerce store. So I'm pumped to be here and I'd say let's jump in. Perfectly fine. What is actually your typical customer? What are you doing for them? It varies typically because we do full channel management. Uh, we are managing everything inside the platform. So we don't physically handle inventory. But once that inventory goes out, we make sure it's checked in properly. We make sure that if it's damaged, we get refunds. We make sure you have good uh, account health. We do the marketing, the search engine optimization, cataloging your, your products in the correct category, but also the proper parent-child relationships, like all the all that goes into that. And then the big thing, advertising and marketing. So we manage a lot when it comes to the marketplaces, specifically Amazon and Walmart, but it's, it's its own ecosystem. So it's very necessary. Cool. How did you came into that business? So what was the reasons why you kicked that off or how did you slide into this bad e-commerce market? I would say it's been a very good e-commerce market and I fell into it. Geez, I started in agency life. So started off doing search engine optimization in Google ads. And I tell everybody Google's the gateway into Amazon. So I, as I worked at different agencies and advertising, I started to get just more e-commerce accounts. And then I dove deeper into that. And then you cannot be in e-commerce and not know about Amazon. So eventually I started getting work <laughs> for Amazon. And then eventually I became the Amazon guy. And then eventually decided to just go out on my own and do my own business. My co-founder, has an operations at a corporate background. She does e-commerce as well. So with my advertising and marketing background and her operations, we came together and that's how we were able to build our full channel offering. And since we came together, we're now at 25 full-time employees. So we've grown quite significantly. Cool. Very cool. Well, man, you, you're supporting some successful brands already. What are 
some common strategies that, that these brands run to, to become successful on Amazon? What are the big points there? Yeah, to keep it super high level, I, a lot of it's going to depend on like the size of the actual e-commerce business. But I will say what a lot of these brands have in common is that they have some type of uh, a full funnel experience. So they're not only getting customers at the bottom of the funnel, but they're doing display. They're, they're getting customers mid and upper funnel. Like a brand that's successful on marketplaces or in general, like they have the ability to build audiences. These audiences can live on Facebook. They can live on Amazon, wherever they live. They have the ability to build the audiences. So super high level, that's what a lot of those brands have in common. Outside of that, it comes down to like great products. If you're making something you're proud of and it's a great product, it makes it a lot easier. Not to say that there's not opportunity for private label and that there isn't other qualities in terms of the shopper experience that leads to a purchase. But with some of the brands that we work with, these are some of the differentiating features that make them really successful versus some others that aren't seeing the same level of success. So it needs to be, of course, a good product because on Amazon, the reviews are mm -hmm. something that are very, very important. And if the product is not good enough, you get bad reviews and you will not make sales anymore. So product needs to be good. Yep. A community needs to be there. Mm -hmm. And you should have enough of stock because when you're on Amazon, expect some orders. Yep. Amen to that. It sounds like you got some experience with this. So I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a bit at least. Yeah. So we have quite some customers that are on, on Amazon and you see it always. If the product is good and you do a good marketing on that, you always need to consider that that if you are, have a new product to run enough ads and have enough budget for that to yep. become visible. And once you're visible and orders are flying in, it, it gets a bit more on autopilot, but it takes a while. So you cannot expect running on Amazon and then have the first hundreds of orders within a short time period. Launch brands and brand new products, like it is different. And I'm talking in generalities, but I think you, you made a really good point, Norbert. It's like if you're a one-person show and you're testing a minimal viable product for something you bought wherever and you want to see if you can sell it, Amazon is an option, but you want to make sure that you're really focused your energy because you only have so many resources. I think you made a really good point. You know, made your efforts may be better to be focused on building a really good quality product and getting those first hundred customers for feedback, which is going to be a different go-to-market strategy than you know a Procter Gamble brand that is launching products and has a tried and true method yeah. and a lot of budget, which goes a long way. I'd like to mention when we're talking about new products and new companies running maybe a new business. I know it from my own and maybe every entrepreneur can confirm the same. When you have the idea of a new product and you want to run a new product, it can't go fast enough for yourself to bring <laughs> that product out there and to sell it. Yeah. So you really want to see it already sold when you have the idea in mind. And I think one of the biggest problems I would say those companies have is if they put it out too fast without yeah. the feedback, without the testing, mm -hmm. they can get a bad reputation and they can lose those games on marketplaces and on e-commerce at all. I think we need ourselves as entrepreneurs understand that a good time for testing, building the community, getting the feedback, analyzing it, making a good strategy is much more worth than putting out the product right away. Yeah. 
Amen to that. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. It's a, the visionary. We're all cursed with it. It's a blessing and a curse. To your point, you see the sales happening as you're developing the idea. So it's hard not to get that excited. And to your point, you got to vet minimal. You got to vet it out. Yeah. You got to make sure you're bringing good products or that your manufacturer or wherever you're getting, you're sourcing your products from are up of good quality because reviews are everything. And these marketplaces, that's how customers build trust. And they have lots of ways of weeding out bad reviewers. Most of those feedbacks are pretty honest. What we see anyway on Amazon too much at the moment is those Chinese manufacturers yep. delivering products, maybe drop shippers, yep. faking the possibilities on Amazon a bit because you are not allowed to do drop shipping as far as I know. Yep. So these are anyway coming in and you need to take care when you launch a new product. Hey, what are the biggest challenges that those brands face on Amazon? Yeah, I'll talk to Amazon for the most part and I'll do a mid-sized brand. So let's just say you're in a category and on average you're doing 100K a month, your million dollar brand on Amazon. I would say some of the typical challenges that we see, a lot of them come around sales stagnation would be one of them. And a lot of that comes down to Amazon continuing to bring on more sellers and competition creeping into the market. So what we find is that a lot of the sellers who came in, they were able to grow their business to that. They're maybe only focused on pay-per-click and some influencer marketing, but their strategies are really bottom of the funnel. So they're really trying to figure out how do we get to mid and upper funnel? How do we build more audiences and get more exposure? So that tends to be uh, an issue. And then the other side that comes in, it's a lot of operational. So like we know Amazon has increased their fees recently, and then there's lots of nuances inside the platform around we've had inventory change on how they calculate it and then how they on some brands they'll cut it down and, and charge you fees so there's always issues with getting inventory in there maintaining that inventory being efficient and knowing all your cost and then being present at the different phases of the funnel where your shoppers are so like a typical brand we work with they're doing some of that but like executing all of that harmoniously is going to help accelerate and kind of break through that sales stagnation. So those are like one of the many challenges I'm sure we deal with the end selling to the end user. But I know like a lot of our, our brands, they suppliers sourcing due to the Israel-Palestine issues that are going on and ships, shipping being delayed, the cost of freight going up three times. So don't get me wrong, we got problems on our end, but I know that the problems get a lot more complicated as we go. Uh, further back in the supply chain. You talked about a funnel. I'm wondering how is a funnel on Amazon possible? Because Amazon means for me, go there, search for product. Okay, found, buy, off. <laughs> so what is a funnel on Amazon and how can I use that? Beautiful, great question. So Amazon's actually given us a ton of new tools to touch customers at each phases. So a couple tools you can leverage that aren't advertising related, that are free in your platform is a brand tailored promotions, our ability to target lookalike audiences and customers who've shown intent and high valued customers. So that'll get us a little more mid funnel, the ability to build affinity audiences, driving traffic. What is it? Manage your customer experience is our ability to do email marketing. So that's going to prove your retention and your lifetime value for the brands for yourself on the marketplace. And then the last, but not least, we do programmatic advertising, which is your demand side platform and streaming TV. So we know that Amazon has made a ton of investment in prime video 
And matter of fact, they're following the suit of some other streaming providers. And there's now a free option that includes commercials. And there's a premium option that a, a subscriber can pay for and there's no commercials. We know based on the other providers who've made this move that we're expecting most people to opt into the free version and take the commercials. Amazon has rolled out a bunch of programs with their agencies and with some brands that they're producing video content at cost as long as advertisers guarantee some budget to be used on streaming TV. So we've been pushing that really strongly at Bellavix and trying to fill that inventory because as that inventory becomes open, it's going to be at its cheapest when you first get into that. But that's our, So that would be top of funnel and that's a huge opportunity. Programmatic and DSP advertising is display. It's our ability to use Amazon own and operated property and their network on Amazon, off of Amazon, and on third-party suppliers. So what this means for a lot of our brands, and this is where we actually build the audiences. A typical experience might be we could build demographic, we could build contextual. Somebody who's maybe reading about running shoes can now be entered into my funnel and I could pepper them with ads. And I know this because we're tracking them using Amazon's data. I can get customers who viewed a product but didn't make a purchase. I can go after conquesting and I can serve those ads on display on and off of Amazon, on third-party websites, and pretty much anywhere that they're connected to a device and touching the internet or a mobile application. So that's what I mean when I say full funnel. So at the bottom, we can do retention, we can do PPC, we can catch people in market. And that's great. And a lot of new brands entering market, like that's how you vet it out. But when we get to a point where like we need audiences, we got to fill that top of the funnel if we're going to get more people out on the bottom of the funnel. And that's where we use like a bottom up approach, but that's where it would come in. And then sprinkled in there are things I'm not talking about, like you should be doing social media ads, you should be working with influencers, so on and so forth. And a lot of these really big brands, they're able to fire all of these different awareness and rev demand generation and then demand conversion. So like they're able to do a lot of demand generation because of the where they're able to build these audiences. Got it. So you do a big portion of what you're doing within the Amazon environment in the ads manager mm -hmm. within Amazon. Yep. And another portion is then the off Amazon world where you go to influencers, where you do social media and play uh, the other game. There's one thing missing, which is Amazon search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. Yep. What about that? <laughs> yeah, that is uh, something we do as well. So obviously I'm talking about strategy, but when you're putting together your listing, you want to optimize for search and there's all types of way. We do like a pyramid tactic, which I'm, I know there's tons of variations, but typically if you're launching, we find long tail keywords with good volume. And as you rank better, get more sales using a variety of tactics, you can get closer to that root keyword and the root keyword brings more volume as you work your way up the pyramid. And that's how we would help our brands get like bestseller badges or top products and all the other benefits that come when you're selling a lot of product on Amazon. Cool. And do you use any tools for maintaining the Amazon accounts? I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, we have a couple in-house custom tools we use, but outside of those, Helium 10, like everybody uses. I'm a big fan of Brendan Young and Data Dive. We use Data Dive. We use this German company called Amalytics for a lot of our operational stuff. And those guys are on point. Gatita, we love Gatita. Yanni and those guys do really great work. And they're a performance-based model. So if they're not getting your money back, they're not getting... And those, I would say those are probably some of our major softwares. But anybody who's researching and trying to learn about Amazon or doing product stuff, Helium 10 and Data Dive are pretty powerful tools. 
Yeah. Fried by merchant or fried by Amazon? Fried? What do you mean fried? Uh, for us, the short term is FBM and FBA. So oh, Amazon yeah. is shipping or the, yeah, it's the German yeah. market. We call it FBM and FBA. Yeah, yeah FBM, FBA. Yeah, abs- I mean, FBA as often as humanly possible. Although with the antitrust and all the lawsuits going on, technically there's no advantage, but like we have seen the advantages of being on FBA versus being on FBM. And we actually started getting, getting data together on Merchant Channel Fulfillment and Buy With Prime, which is Amazon's ability to do your fulfillment through your website. And you still get all the customer data and all that stuff. So there's lots of exciting things going on. But FBA all the way. If you went to Amazon Accelerate last year, 2023, a lot of the discussion on Amazon was like, how can we be a full funnel partner to the point where like you could send your product from China to a fulfillment center in China and they'll get it over to the United States or any other marketplace you're in. And that's their global logistics program. FBA, it's a very exciting time. FBM, if you just don't have the margins. If you're, if it's a super large item, if it's very heavy, there's certain items that just don't make sense unless you got like a vendor account, but it's different. Got it. Are there any emerging trends that you see on uh, marketplaces happening at the moment? Emerging trends, the yeah, kind of what I just mentioned there, Amazon moving more into logistics. We're in the service provider network, so we get to work uh, on a lot of these programs, Merchant Channel Fulfillment, the Global Logistics Program, and the Biowa Primer programs that we're working directly with Amazon with. And we're seeing that they're pushing these programs pretty hard. So I think brands who are having trouble with logistics and they're looking for not to worry about working with a third-party logistics company and they're already comfortable with Amazon, it could be a good opportunity for them. Got it. What's your personal love for a good coffee or whiskey did you ever work with a company in that direction as well on amazon and walmart uh so i worked with a coffee company on uh on amazon when i worked at another agency joe garage coffee but i'm just uh, an avid coffee drinker i love to drink coffee you know whiskey is my poison of choice so uh, i'm a big jameson fan for anybody <laughs> anybody who's a fan of, of that brand how about yourself, Norbert? What's your, what's your drink of choice? It's actually gin. It's an interesting channel, I think, to sell spirits on, on, on Amazon. I have a few customers doing that, oh. and it works really pretty well, but it's very hard to get into that category yeah, of food sure. and beverages. What's your experience on that? Yeah, the alcoholic side, none, but we mm-hmm. do it for supplement brands, for beauty brands. We've been in the ingestible, topical, and the menstruation category, which required certificates of analysis and uh, certain manufacturing certificates that needed to be su- su- submitted. Also, category approval. So we had to work with a rep to do that. We're very familiar with it as an agency. Me specifically, I know we submitted things that need to be submitted, but I'm not sure exactly what specifically was submitted for each category. So I wouldn't be able to say exactly what would have been needed for the liquor category. But I I look at all of it the same. It's once you have experience getting product in one restricted category, you kind of know the process. Although like we haven't had any alcohol brands, if somebody came along, I'm confident that if there's other alcohol brands on there, we can get them on. And we are in the service provider network. We're part of the launch program. So for a lot of brands that are new to market or new to Amazon, we generally get a rep that works with us for the first calendar year with that brand. So a lot of that red tape gets removed because we have a, a resource that can push those through for us. Awesome. Very cool. That is one thing, especially on the marketplaces that I think we mentioned that already plays a very huge role 
namely reviews and ratings. How yeah. do you deal with that? How do you react? Is it really that hard to get good reviews or is it too fast that someone hits a bad review? How, how do you feel that? How do you work that out with the customers? Yeah, it, it, bad reviews happen. Don't get me wrong. It, er, it kills you early on. So, man, I have had a couple of launches where like the first two reviews are bad and it's like, oh, this is going to be a long road. But generally, we everything we do is within Amazon's terms of service. So off the bat, I'll say if anybody's consider buying reviews or participating in any programs that are against Amazon's terms of service, I highly recommend against it. They have SWAT teams pretty much on Amazon that are constantly looking into these things, removing reviews, notifying brands that they found these things. Uh, on the RSS newsfeed, there's tons of stuff on it. So I can't tell brands enough to stay away from it. The best way to do this, to get reviews, is we use the Amazon buying program. We do package inserts. We do the request a review feature, and we'll set up a post-purchase email sequence using some type of third-party software. And then at the end of the day, it's just it's the reviews are a result of the sales. So as you put ad, push ad budget towards it, you'll start to get sales and you'll get reviews. And the review conversion rate can be anywhere from 2 to 10%, give or take. But generally, see conversions closer to 2-3%. Yeah. You, you said you send emails. I think it depends a bit on the marketplace, on which Amazon marketplace you are. I know, of course, the German marketplace mm -hmm. based on my region. So you can send emails through Amazon on, or third party or you get an encrypted email. So you have yeah. some term at Amazon and can you write to that email or how do you contact the customer for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm trying to think of the software we use, but there's a, it's a third party app integration on the Amazon platform. So it all, it happens through the software, but it's connected on the back end. You don't actually get that email address. It's called the post-purchase email sequence. So an example is if I make a purchase on Amazon, certain manufacturers might send an email that is educating me about the product, or it might be like a custom message. Hey, John, thanks for buying our product. We're Bill and Sue, and we live in Wyoming, and we make these by hand. Like They create those experiences through that, and that is all legit through Amazon. I, well, I keep wanting to say Feedvisor, but I know Feedback 5. Feedback 5 is an example. We use a different one. I got to X my ops. But Feedback 5 is an example of a post-purchase email system that you could set up that uh, that allows you. But you still have like, I think Amazon says you can only send one or two emails. It's changed throughout the time. There are restrictions. The language you can use, like you can't ask for a positive review. You can't ask for a positive review. You can't direct them to your website. You can't share social media handles. You can't give email addresses. And they'll block that like the system knows but yeah that generally that's how we do it and then amazon has these new functions manage your customer experience and then the brand tailored performance where you can send marketing emails to customers and that's that's to get them to purchase so that's a little different okay cool yeah that's a very interesting thing when you have at least a touch point to the customer and you're using it i mean these are your customers they purchased your product And if there is an opportunity to talk to those people, this is, of course, a very good way to bring yourself on, in the mind of the people again. You, you named it already and said it's always hard or it's, it's something like it's a bit difficult for always maintaining the inventory and the updates and everything. Do you work a lot with automation tools to get the Amazon inventory in and orders out and shipping and all this kind of stuff? 
Yeah, to some degree, we definitely use softwares. There's no doubt about it. We're in the AI age. You, you have to use what you can to save time at the end of the day. So there are certain softwares we use. To be honest with you, a lot of what we end up using is macros and spreadsheets, which make life a lot easier. So it sounds cheesy. And we've come up with our own formula for demand forecasting that, that works really well. So we end up using a lot of that. But wherever we can put in automations, we try to implement it. That's for sure. Even now, like Amazon's Perfect. integrating AI and chat to make the listings better and stuff. And don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. Give it a year. Our services are going to change. <laughs> yeah, give it a year. AI is going to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use AI yourself already? All the time. Yeah. Personally, like emails, contracts, proposals, like everything. It's LinkedIn posts. Don't get me wrong. I change it. I tweak it. You know, I don't, I'm not a, a robot, but it does. A lot of times I'm like, how do I sound? Does this sound how I think it sounds? And it's a robot, but it makes me feel good about it. <laughs> you chat more with ChatGPT than with your wife. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I feel that way. At least she, she always tells me what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I use it as well. It's, uh, it's, it's a very important thing. I can't imagine that we worked without it anymore because it takes quite some especially research time. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, This is something where I use it a lot for it. You have just a quick research yeah. on something and then to verify it and then you have what, what you need. And of course, yeah, writing an email or translating something or all those kind of things. But yeah, also for product texting. Yeah, So I think it's a very interesting thing. We recently implemented in our tool in SyncSpider a ChatGPT function nice. and we, we typically have ERP systems connected and, and the ERP systems have attributes typically like uh, color length, width, height and yep. region and whatever. Yeah, they, they have all in just, but they do not have cool written marketing texts and to create a prompt where you say, hey, take all my attributes that I have. This is the product name and now please write me an, a great marketing text for the same. You get really cool output. It's ah. really well written. It's inform very informative, and hey, it, it it saves you so much time. Of course, you need to optimize it and proof check and everything, but yep. you have at least an idea already. Yep, it gives you a baseline, and yeah. I love that you guys are integrating that. So that sounds yeah. amazing, and yeah, the the easier. You know, at the end of the day, the more time you can save your end user, the win. Oh, those of us in the e-commerce world, we got a lot of other fires to put out. So uh, this can do a lot of the legwork and I could take a three-hour job and knock it out in a half hour. I'll take that seven days a week. Yeah, absolutely. More time for marketing yeah, <laughs> or customer that. experience. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will, last question for the day. Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I am actually listening to a podcast called The Operators. And it's it's simple. It's the guy who does simple, modern. Oh, I'm trying to think of the... They're really big e-commerce brands and they started on Amazon. And they share a lot about their experiences from startup to multi-million dollar Amazon business. And I learn a lot from those guys. I think that's interesting. Outside of that, I traction Gino Wickman. We do the EOS system at Bellavix. So that's where I spend a lot of my time outside of thinking about e-com. So that's, that's a bit about, about that. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Will. It was really a pleasure talking to you and to learn a bit more about Amazon. It's such an interesting market. And I think that any, every other company that is selling online should at least give it a try. If the product is fit for that market, go there, try to sell it. There are more marketplaces, but of course the biggest one is Amazon. Yep. And 
we can't do anything against it. I mean, here in Austria, um, Germany, in this area, we know that around 50% of the online Christmas business is going through Amazon. Yeah? Yeah. Of course, it's getting to vendors selling on Amazon, but actually the most volume of the online business during the Xmas season for all this presence is going through the channel Amazon. And we should really take a look on how could we list and make our accounts and list the products there. And yeah, it's, it's the Google for products. It's true. And you can see it. Like I was reading something for us, like the holiday shop, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, like brick and mortar retail. So like a 2% increase. We're online. So like a 12.5% increase. And our experiences, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I'm sure it's made it out to Austria. People get crazy. They beat each other up in parking lots and all this stuff. We don't have any of that anymore. And it's because everybody's, I'm not going to go to the mall and deal with all that. I'm just going to buy it on Amazon or online. So that's where we're It's the same here. It's all happening mainly online. Of course, the stores are still full, but not so crowded anymore than it was already. Hey, thanks again. And guys, if you liked it, don't forget to hit the review button. Give us a like. Ring the bell, save us, and come back for the next show. Five and stars, episode. Guys. See Five you then. Bye bye. Thanks, Robert. Cheers. Thank you very much. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.